In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, I just want to thank you for my brothers and sisters. Because together, they have shown me who you are. And the fact that we are all made for community. As we go throughout this discussion, let us not forget that. Let us know that as we build each other up, we are growing, we continue to grow closer to you. In your most holy name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, guys, after a long break, we're here, finally. Thank you so much for all the patience. A lot of craziness with finals and whatnot, but that can't stop us. So in the meantime, I want to introduce you to the guest for this episode of Faithful Like Children. And I have no words to describe how amazing this person is. When I first was came when I first became a freshman at Life Team, he was one of the few people that have helped me feel like I belonged. So that's awesome, of course. So Trev, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Celia. I'm happy to be on here. Um, and I'm glad I could help you out back then too. Of course, no, no problem. So, if, do you want to like describe like the kind of person you are? Because yes, yes, I can do that. Well, um, yeah, as Celia said, I'm Trev. I am currently a well. I just finished my freshman year at BGSU, so I'm a college student. Um, so, uh, beyond that, uh, I'm planning double major in German and computer science. So that's, uh, <laughs> it's going to keep me busy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been involved with my faith for a couple of years now. Um, ever since I went on my first life teen retreat, uh, back in 2016 now it was, uh, so almost four and a half years ago. That's crazy. Um, yeah, it is. I, I keep thinking about that as I think I'm like, geez, it's been almost five years. That's craziness. Um, but yeah, so I've been involved with that for a while. And at college, I've gotten involved with our Newman Center there at BG. If you don't know, Newman Center is basically the Catholic organization uh, that for public universities is usually off campus. So in the case of BG, it's right across the street. So and I should explain what BG is because I keep saying BG, it's Bowling Green yeah. State University. There we go. Uh, this, I only know Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, I enjoy trains and space and um, weather stuff. And I enjoy hanging out with friends and um that's kind of one of the themes that, uh, that's one of the things that helped led to this episode's theme. Yeah. So actually, 
speaking about that, Trev, what's the theme? Uh, the theme of today's episode is we're going to be talking about community and uh, how it's especially important within a Catholic context and within the church and so on. Mm-hmm. In the context of when we're filming this, June 6th was Corpus Christi Sunday. Now, might be thinking to yourselves, I don't know Latin. That seems confusing. It literally, it translates to the body of Christ. Now, it's the Eucharist that we receive day at Mass. Receive the body of Christ all to be the body of Christ in the world where the theme of community also plays a role. It does. So the big questions community important, not just in a Catholic standpoint, but just generally, why is community important? A pretty big question. It has been important since pretty much humans have existed for thousands and thousands of years. Pretty much humanity has thrived around community um, Mm -hmm. from early um, settlements of like nomadic people to the ancient cities in Egypt and Mesopotamia and India to um, the Roman Empire in the uh, late B or the um, second BC, second century BC through the fourth century AD to medieval life to et cetera, et cetera. Uh, You get the point. Um, Community life has always been kind of a facet of human um civilization that's yeah that's also um as the faith has come around look back throughout like the bible you can see there's just so many instances within there as well of community the israelites in the desert to them founding the the kingdom of israel to the kings of Israel to even Israel's downfall and them being exiled, there's still a community. And then you have Jesus who comes along, and then even he has a community still. He has his community of disciples that travel around with him, and they're a part of his ministry as well. Mm-hmm. And they keep him there, there with him. Like then you get into like the post-Jesus era with apostles going out and forming communities of believers, um, Mm -hmm. not only in the Israeli region, but in Rome, Corinth, and various other ancient cities around the world. Yeah, cities like Antioch and... (laughs) It's all good. It's a big one that I remember. Yeah, Antioch's a big one in church history. Um, Alexandria, I believe, is another big one as well. Uh, I mean, just overall, community has been something that's always been an aspect of human life. And it's not only human life, too, but also divine life. For example, the Trinity. So ago, we had Trinity Sunday, where we discussed just like the Trinity and the nature, 
those persons that make up the Trinity. And the Trinity is those three persons. It's sometimes described as like a communion of persons or a community of persons. Because there's mm-hmm. three persons, one God. You mm-hmm. have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But they're also in community, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. Just, um, just there's so much example of it everywhere. Beyond that, just in our current time, to bring it to that, um, with the COVID pandemic, I think we saw a lot about how important community is. For sure. Um, so many people during when we had lockdown back last spring, it was really hard away from friends and family and have to like use digital means to keep up with them. And it was difficult to, you know, live without that. Um, I mean, not that it wasn't a wholly terrible thing because I did get to force my relationship with parents and family. At the time it was still related to me how important community was to my life and after we've unfortunately seen a huge rise in illnesses and such and I think that like totally correlated with that but I think that's that made to be in community we're not made to be isolated alone and away from people but we're meant to be together. That's exactly right. Because, I mean, if you even think about it from a biblical standpoint, when human beings, Adam, it's not good for man to be alone. That should feel alone and that everyone is in need of some form of community. Sure, That's a great example of that. One, two, just like how intimate the description is of as God creates Eve owns of Adam himself. It's like to make another. And I think that's another beautiful image of how we're made for community and how we're all connected to each other. So mm-hmm. I like how you brought that up. Thank you. Also, this one quote that that and I absolutely love it it's from god dorothy day for those of you that don't know who she was a social worker that homeless people out new york and one of she is known for saying we have all we have all known the long loneliness and we have found that the answer is community Really just drives from the point that community is so important because things of our identity is that we are sons and daughters of God. And there are times in our lives where bad surrounding us, like, wait, where's dad? Where is he? Did he just leave us behind? Really awful loneliness, but that's not the case because community. And worshiping God, especially during mass, you know, that we might immediately goes away, instills in us that, yes, we are sons and daughters of God and that 
have to have this childlike posture towards him. And what better way to a childlike posture in front of him is with. Yeah, I remember um, at college this semester, actually, I was talking with one of the people at our Newman Center her how I kind of missed my community from life scene in high school and she was like in a similar scenario but then she was like when you're on Sunday by the Eucharist to our in Christ you know we can always with us because they are part of the body of Christ right it doesn't matter our different time zones at mass, we are all God together. Isn't that just like such a beautiful thing? Yeah, that is, it's, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what to say to that, but yes, it is very nice. This one Bible verse that comes up whenever we talk about, you know, being a part of the body of Christ. And it's from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. And it says, as a body is one, though it has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so also Christ. I think it just really what it means to me is that yeah we are all one body made uniquely in god's image and likeness right all of us despite our differences our wounds our weakness and our sins when we come together we are one body we are the body of christ we are the ones going out after mass when the priest says go in peace to love and serve the Lord and one another we are the body of Christ doing that yeah and we're doing that together yeah for sure um I think something that you brought up there was uh just how we all have different skills and I think that's another big part of community is, you know, we all bring different things to the table. We all have different interests. We all have different skills, different things we're good at, that skills, we can complement one another and we can there to be better and to, we can be so that we may better live as one body in Christ. Mm -hmm. For sure. Without a doubt. So I kind of want to move forward from that point and talk about what are the benefits of being part of a faith-based community? Because we talked about what it's like to be in a community in general, but what's the key difference between just a regular community and a faith-based community? Because opinion, feel like both, you know, you're both in both communities, you are surrounded by people that have a common goal. Peace community, the goal is much, I would say it's almost impossible to achieve. 
because the goal is one day to get to heaven might be thinking, well, nope, nope. I am nowhere close to that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. (laughs) No, I was going to say, um, is impossible for us to do on our own because it's only with God living for God that we can get to heaven. It's impossible by our own merits to do that. I think there's definitely some big two uh, faith-based communities and with just different types of friendship from, I think it was a talk at Steubenville. So Aristotle is a philosopher in Greece. I don't remember which century, but before Christ, um, definitely several centuries (laughs) about like, there's three types of friendship. So there's um, utilitarian friendship. Um, So that's kind of like that are built on each other for a purpose. Now, I know that might seem a bit abstract, but it's like if you have a common interest, for example, like you both enjoy running or your class with you and you want them to help you out. Utilitarian friendship. It's like, well, we're working like I have this interest. You have this interest. Let's work together. One form of friendship. Aristotle describes. He also describes friendships of pleasure. So these oriented towards people who enjoy, like, have fun together and together in that vein. So it's more like a fun friendship. You go out with to have like a drink with on Saturday or something like that. Third type of friendship that I don't remember the name to right now, uh, but it's basically that goes deeper than those previous two types of friendship. It's what Aristotle says is the true type of friendship that goes the deepest. And that one that lasts the longest. Now, Aristotle does say there that that's rare to have. You might only have like two, three of those types of friends in a lifetime. Intimate. But I think that's what sets such a faith-based community apart is that last type of friendship. It's just that of going deeper on like the surface level things, going beyond the surface level similarities that we have, like that utility that somebody else may have to you, going beyond the pleasures and having fun, but really like diving into that. I think that's what really sets a faith-based community apart because we all share together this goal of eventually getting to heaven. And I think like just that goal within itself sets up a relationship because we already share so much of being in Christ Mm -hmm. and like people I've met, like never met before. And like within like the first time I meet them, like quite deep. Well, maybe not quite deep, but, you know, it's like a friend of mine already and yeah. that way with other people, per se. Just one great benefit of a faith-based community is <laughs> friendship that we're able to have. Uh, that's great. Um, I can, let's see, what else? Um one other one that I have 
if if you have a faith-based community to belong to and you want to grow in holiness, it's so beneficial that faith-based community accountability partner. You struggling with something, with a particular sin, and you know that it's not good and you want to stop it. Check in with another person that doing what I'm doing is not okay. Will you be my accountability partner and make sure that I don't fall into temptation? And that has helped. But I also love the faith-based community that, like, especially with people in Life Teen, haven't any of the other episodes, and this is your first one. First off, I just want to say welcome. One thing that you will know very easily about me is that I have a severe love-hate relationship with the sacrament of confession. Love it because, you know, I am forgiven of my sins and I know for a fact that I am forgiven. This makes me nervous to tell all these things who is in persona Christi, person of Christ. And fine, my heart is beating out of my chest. I'm shaking. I'm hyperventilating. It's just not fun to deal with. <laughs> and so being, and so one of the most amazing things about my group of friends at Life Team is that we've been able to be our accountability partners to make sure that we don't run away from confession. Mm. That's so beautiful. Yeah, it's awesome. There was was one time where this, he like asked me like go in front of him because I was kind of behind him and my brother who was also in line for a confession once. And, And I'm like, no, I'm staying where I'm at because I'm not cutting in front. That's like not okay. And then he, and then he's like, well, then guess what? You're just going to have, have all these people waiting behind you because you're going to disrupt the line. And I'm like, wait, are you just telling me to go in before you because you don't want to be first? And he was like, no, no, no. But then a little while he's like, well, actually (laughs) that might have to deal with it a little bit. thing because we're able to be each other's accountability partners and make sure like that we are on the track to holiness and that's just one of the most beautiful things I feel like being a part of a faith-based community experience with accountability partners um and it's really helpful um to have somebody who's there who knows like what you're going through and has gone through before and they're able to help you out through that. And that's so good. Um, I did want to say about confession too. um, From the little bit I know about church history, um, confession actually used to be public. People would publicly confess to the rest of um, what they had done. They would publicly repent for their sins. So if that makes you feel better about private confession, 
I hope it does. Oh yeah. I feel like if that were to take place now, all my confessions would be invalid <laughs> because I just giving stuff out. Yeah. I mean, that worked for the early church. It doesn't necessarily work for us now, but no. I think that's just another aspect of community there too, is that, um, that ability to be like accountable to the community and be like, Hey, I've done this. I'm sorry for what I've done. I want to be able to come back to a community because when we sin, um, we break ourselves from, we hurt the rest of the body of Christ whenever we sin. And that's why the sacrament of confession is so crucial. And I've just grown in so much fondness for it at BG uh, because our parish at BG, um, the Newman Center, they have confession every single day of the week. And I was like, oh, I love this. Thank you. Thank you. Um, And it just made me so much more appreciative of the sacrament when I'm home because it's like so beautiful to be able to go to a priest and read for certain from those sins. And another benefit of community with knowing, having other people there, at least I found a lot of times is that uh, a lot of faith-based communities, a lot of people are very supportive. And I think that's another thing that can set faith-based communities apart. I think it's just such a beautiful thing whenever like somebody's going through a really rough time and you have to you your friends are not like going to like throw it off or be like oh it's not a big deal we won't deal with this or kind of laugh it off but rather that I have a lot of friends who are able to be like hey we know something's wrong here like what do you need or hey like be being able to um that people are be able to say what they're feeling and have that vulnerability and know that they will not be reprimanded for being vulnerable and um, being able to share some of the deepest, darkest things that they've gone through. Yeah. And I think that's so, I've seen that time and time again in community and it's such a good thing. Right. Because I feel like oftentimes a lot of people are afraid to be vulnerable. I mean, but that's just, and it's no, it's no one's fault, really. It's just, we often, we just don't feel comfortable just being vulnerable with one another. But when you have such a supportive of a community where you can share the craziest things that you may have gone through, it makes everything so much better. Yeah. And people are more likely to support you and not hate you for anything that might make you different from anyone else. Yeah. And I think that's if, if your friends are like not supporting you through a time like that, then I think that's a sign that perhaps you need to find some better friends. Yeah, for Um, sure. And I, yeah, it's just such, 
a good thing to have that. Now, I will say, don't tell your friends everything. There's some well, things yeah. that are meant to be kept private. Um, well, yeah. Use prudence, everyone. <laughs> yes, I have learned this use, from... Use your good self-judgment. I've learned this from experience in various <laughs> friendships. Um I've told too much to people before and I'm like, oh, probably shouldn't have said that. Um, but that's just me. I'm very much, I can do things like that sometimes where I'll go a bit far. I'm like, oops. Uh, but, you know, at least the friends I've told, done that with are very supportive and understanding. So. Well, that's good at least. Yeah. Because if that wasn't the case then yikes <laughs> yeah um and i do want to say with like all these benefits that we're listing and you know first of all i want to say if you do have trouble being vulnerable with others um because of a prior incident or something um i do want to say like you know you need one bad incident doesn't mean that being vulnerable to another person will be a bad thing. And I, right. and um, it's, it's a very hard thing to lose your trust in people because of that one person who like may have misused that. But um, you know, like when you, I would, you know, it's good to have that community established before you start a little bit to be a bit more vulnerable once you trust those people. But I think that's a great thing about faith-based communities as well is you can trust most people to yeah. for you. For so. sure. For sure, without a doubt. And one last thing about community here, I want to add in here real quick along with that is um, it will take time sometimes for community to develop and you don't want to force it. Um, I know like this past semester at college, I was like growing a bit antsy because I was like, well, I don't have the community I want yet. And, you know, it's like not as good as my community back home. And then mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I have to remember it took a while for my community back home to develop. And, you know, going to college throws that all off as you're in a whole new place with a whole new group of people. And it can take some time to build that up. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a community right now, you know, just be patient. The Lord will bring that to you um, mm-hmm. in one way or another. Right. God doesn't abandon his children, my friends. If you are looking for community, he will give it to you in one way or another. So as we, so before we, I just want to ask you a kind of deep question. In your life, have you felt the presence of Christ in the community around you? Uh, that's such a great question. Well, I'm not pronouncing things correctly. I'm sorry. Uh, Listen, it's late when we're recording this. It's not that late. But late. anyways, um, yeah, that's a great question, though. Um, I think for me, um, One of the biggest examples of this is um, the community I developed at Life Team my sophomore year of high school. Um, So just as some context for the story, um, about middle school, 
uh, is where we'll start. I never really had like a very solid friend group. I had like some friends here and there, that big of a friend group, but I didn't know much better. And I was like, you know, yeah, I have good friends and la la la. High school, I wasn't really into my faith then either. I will say there as well. Near high school, then I uh, came to Life Teen for the first time. And I don't know. It's hard to remember that far back now, um, the specific details, but what I do know is that I was just so struck, um, maybe not so struck, but I was definitely like saw the community there and was like, oh, this is interesting. There's so many people here. Like I know these people from like school and such and like, oh, I didn't know they were involved with this. And, you know, I stuck around there for a while. And then one of my first retreat. And um, that's when, like, my faith life changed so much was that retreat and just being able to encounter God in such an intimate way. It just changed how I viewed my whole life for the last five years or so and will continue to the foreseeable future, Um, which is, you know, praise God. It's so awesome. Um, so, you know, I had this faith, but, you know, still didn't really have great friends. I had a couple friends at school, my, still my good friend from, um, actually met him in elementary school. Um, so longtime friend, more year. So I'm coming back to life team, getting involved on what would be my third retreat of 2017 and that retreat. So much happened about that retreat. It's second to that first retreat I went on, probably in my rankings. I know I shouldn't rank retreats, but <laughs> I mean, there was just so much that went on in that retreat that changed my whole life. I started journaling after that retreat. Um, it's one of the first times I confessed one huge sin that I've been struggling with and hadn't said to get in confession before then um it was just such a big retreat and so much happened and one of those big things that happened at that retreat was that I was introduced to these other people like I started I'd had known some people from school get to know some people from life teen um but it was on that retreat that I was able to start fostering these new friendships with people Mm -hmm. um, who have become some of my best friends now. Um, I was able to start like getting to know these people and to interact with them and to discover these things, like to start these new things and to find that perhaps I wasn't quite as um, shy as I thought I was previously and it was on that retreat as well during my small group uh one of my small group leaders was like or somebody in my small group I don't remember exactly who was like yeah I made like a group chat for my friends and you know I was like huh that's a great idea maybe I should do that this is taking a while I like to chat a long time so Dude, I love to too. You're not the only one. 
I'm glad. Um, trust me, I'm getting to my point here, though, eventually. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but after this retreat, I created this group chat, um, which I called Compassion Fam. And originally, it was mainly just for, like, um, other sophomores that I knew that had been on this retreat or I'd gotten to know on that retreat. And man, um, was it so good. I just, the first couple months of that group chat was probably some of its most flourishing time. And it was just so good to grow in community with those people, like just by chatting with each other and being able to get to know each other on the weekends at life team when we were there together. And then like we started doing separate things from life teams, so, like Christmas party. Um, we nicknamed it pit and pierogies. <laughs> oh my gosh. Cause we played a game called pit and we had pierogies there. So, <laughs> but it was just, through those events that we started to have. And then like we started Bible studies the next early that next year. And just through those, I was just able to encounter such a community that I had never experienced before outside of like my Catholic faith. And it was just so like, besides the like meeting Jesus, that was probably the second biggest thing to ever happen to me was to be able to get to know these people and to be able to foster such great friendships with them. And through them being able to um, just grow in relationship with God, with them, and to be able to be open and vulnerable with them, to say things that perhaps maybe I hadn't said before and things that I've been afraid to say before it just opened up so much opportunity and so much allowed me to grow so much during those first couple months. And even still to this day, um, and just out of that group as well, like came encouragement and fostering growing in faith with each other. Mm -hmm. And it was just such a beautiful thing. And then further on came um, some of the deepest friendships I've ever had, um, which still to this day, um, I have such great friends. Um, there's two I'm thinking of particularly, I don't want to shout them out here, but there's two friends in high school who are like my go-to and like practically, we could talk about practically everything in our past and trust each other with like you know being able to talk about these things and it was just so beautiful and it was so good and just you know and even to today too um I'll bring up an example of a couple weeks ago um actually just how like even today the Lord's still working through my friend group um, a couple of weeks, it was just like a week or two ago. Um, my friend Daniel, he's a missionary at Damascus. Uh, woot. Uh, yeah, he was back for um, break before he went back for um, 
doing Catholic East summer camp this summer. Um, so I was back, I was like, Hey, Dan, you want to like chat some, it was like the day before he was leaving to go back to Damascus. Um, so we went and walked around my neighborhood and like, he's a good friend of mine before he left for Damascus. Um, so I knew him pretty well, but, um, this time, I don't know what he's done at, like what the Lord's doing at Damascus with him, but I mean, I was going to say something bad. Uh, we're not going to say that. Uh, <laughs> Careful. This is a not on my Christian Minecraft server. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't anything that bad. I was going to say like, holy cow. And I'm like, mm, let's not say that. Um, yeah. I said yeah. it anyways. <laughs> That's safe. I feel like you're safe if you say that. <laughs> but anyways, um, back to the point I was making. Um, just, he's just already such a out there going out man and always willing to be um going out for the lord but man oh man after he came back from damascus like this man is on fire and Mm -hmm. i was like you know like often i'm kind of seen as someone who's like really along in the spiritual life and i saw him and i'm like Ooh, I have a way to go. <laughs> um, he was just so on fire. I'm like, I want to be like this. Oh my and God. It was just one of those moments of like, you know, and the Lord was just speaking through him. He was just speaking um, to me. Like the Lord was speaking through him to me. Um, oh and I think that's such a great thing of with friends. It's like, that's a one way you can kind of learn to hear God's voices through your fellow friend. Now you have to be careful a bit there, but you know, you might have one friend who is like really deep into the spiritual life, like Daniel, as I brought up and, you know, he's just such an example of holiness and can't, but be like, wow, that's just so incredible to see that witness yeah so i'm done now (laughs) that that, trev oh my goodness that's beautiful thank you like oh my gosh holy cow that's awesome so i guess it's my turn now (laughs) (laughs) yeah sorry i took forever hopefully that won't like the podcast run too long (laughs) shouldn't it shouldn't we just have to edit stuff out and it'll be fine um for me there's several moments in my life where I can notice Christ being present in the community around me and obviously I noticed that my first retreat because we weren't spending a whole lot of time on our phones and we weren't like we were focused on God and you see these people that are joyful. These people that just have this genuine like happiness and this pure joy. And you're just thinking to yourself, you're glowing. Like what happened to you? Like, that's crazy. Like how, why are you so happy? And then later it was revealed to me that, it was through Christ. So that's 
one instance that I thought was beautiful. Another instance would probably be spring retreat, but a year later, um, I was a part of retreat planning and I was a part of the Saturday night sessions. So for those of you that don't know how our life team retreats work, the Saturday night sessions are basically, it's the moment where everything goes down for real. You have two events going on at the same time. You have adoration and confession. And so during the time of Eucharistic adoration, I kept on coming up to people and asking if I could pray with them for anything and getting anything. And I'm thinking to myself, here I am trying to go out of my way, trying to help people and nothing's working. Great. And then, and then as I sat back down, you know, like at the very front of the kind of makeshift, makeshift altar where the monstrance with the Eucharist was. And I heard this crying like to the right of me. And I noticed one of my friends who just re- who just gave an absolutely beautiful witness. She started crying and I asked her, are you okay? What's wrong? And she said, I'm fine. I just need to learn acceptance. And so I said, all right, I'll pray with you. And so I did. And it helped her tremendously. And I just realized, and that was one part that was really touching to me because I realized this community that did so much in my life is doing so much in other people's and it's all be and it's all because I'm allowing myself to be a vessel of the Holy Spirit and to just allow myself to just be a witness of God's love for his sons and daughters. Another time where I feel like I really experienced community, it was at mass. Now you might be thinking, well, no kidding, Sherlock. Like that's, you know, we're all gathered there at that point. But it's it's not just any mass. No, no, my friend. It was the Easter Vigil Mass. Oh my goodness. You go to another Easter Mass ever again. I've never been to an Easter Vigil Mass. I... Just I go. have never been. I I know um, it's a travesty. I will go sometime. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Good, good. But it's crazy. The things that happen. You hear all these readings from the Old Testament and a few from the New Testament make, talking about all the covenants that God has made. And it's just, and that part's amazing. But the one thing that really brought me, made me realize this community like that is le- that is you know to quote our good pastor father ryan that the church isn't an organization that it's a living breathing organism is that we saw one person get baptized into the catholic church 
and he and one other person received the sacrament of confirmation and received the Eucharist for the very first time. After going through our CIA, and I'm not going to lie, I almost cried <laughs> because this just shows how alive the community at church really is. You know, we're getting new members every year. And it's so beautiful to see, like, I'm sorry. I just, obviously you can't, obviously you listeners out there, you can't see this because it's, we're not recording any video, but like, I can't stop smiling <laughs> when I talk about it. It's because it's so beautiful. Like it's, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to calm down, <laughs> but it's just amazing to see. Like, yeah, it, it's so awesome. I know, um, again, I haven't been to one, so no, I know, like, at St. Tom's, my parish at BG, I think they had two baptized and five confirmed, which wow. is really great. Um, praise God. Um, it's so good, even like with COVID and everything going on, that they had that many people, it was incredible. Um, yeah, I wanted to say in your earlier comments about um, that first retreat you went on, because um, that was my last retreat with Life Teen. It was. Yeah, but I, I know, like, I remember after, like, you went through that whole night, and I'm guessing you made that realization that, you know, like, Jesus is the one who everything comes from. I just remember you being so joyful. Like you were so happy that after like confession and adoration were over. I just so remember that. Yeah. Cause I remember, cause I remember literally coming right come after coming from like doing my penance and writing the letter to myself, like the reflection letters, our old youth minister, Tim, he asked me if I could like be one of the people that would like lead the candles out with you because one of the people was still in confession and I, that was really a powerful moment for, for me because here I am kneeling with you and father John. That, that's when I was like, wow, I'm a part of something special. And I wouldn't change this experience for anything. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Mm. That's awesome. I didn't even know that until now. <laughs> I I think I forgot that you carried out the candle with yeah, me. Yeah, and I didn't know where to go. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, and Father was like, okay, all right, come on. This way. <laughs> it's all good, though. Because nobody was really paying attention, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, probably no one was. They're probably more worried about the parodies, but oh well. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right. But yeah. No, I think, yeah, it's just community is something special when you find that 
just like such a great community. It's something really special. It really is. It really truly is. So Trev, lastly, before we wrap this up, what's the call to action? What do we do going forward? What's the plan, Stan? Take a stab at that. Um, I think some great tips here would be, um, firstly, just to um, be patient and just learn, you know, just know that building a good community can take time. I know for me, it wasn't until my second year in life team that I really started to build that community that lasted through the rest of life team for me, um, that just fantastic friend group that I grew. It's going to take some time for that to grow. It doesn't happen overnight. Right. And, but once it's established, it's just so good. Uh, mm-hmm. I just want to say praise God for the beautiful community that he's given me. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, that's one thing I just wanted to say right off the bat. Just, you know, also don't force it as well. Because forcing community is not going to work out very well. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, you just want to, it, it always develops naturally, the best communities. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, other than that, I think just be going out to meet people and at church and being like, you know, introducing yourself to them. Or if you're involved with the youth group, being able to go there and perhaps you should go talk with somebody you never talked with before, or, you know, perhaps go over to that group you've not talked to before um, mm-hmm. and be able to go over there and be like, Hey, what's your name? Who are you? And like all that just, you know, I think that's one thing that can really start it. And I think for those who are older and already have a community established, such as me, I think a really good thing for those people is to reach out to those who are a bit younger. I know for me, as I was going into my senior year of high school, I was like, you know, like I already have my community pretty established, you know, I don't know. I don't think I'll meet that many freshmen this year. I was honestly surprised by how many freshmen I really got to know that senior year. By just <laughs> One of those people being me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Sarah, who's also been on the show. Yeah. Her too. Um, yeah. And I guess Lucas too. Is he in your grade? Yeah, he is. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just having an open mind and being open to, you know, perhaps people you may not have thought of before um, that might be interested in being your friend. But um, Mm -hmm. I think just most importantly is being able to have a solid group of friends who share your faith because there's nothing like having a friend group who's challenging you and helping you to grow towards Mm -hmm. the end goal, which is going to heaven. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's all I have. (laughs) That's perfect. 
another piece of advice that I want to give you guys if you don't know like where to like if you don't know like which faith-based community like to be a part of I would just there's like three questions that you that I would feel like could they're mainly for like discerning like what should like what like vocation you should go into or like what your job should be but I feel like this could apply to like any situation and I got the idea from Father Casey Cole which I don't know if you guys know him but he's oh, yeah breaking his YouTube channel is breaking the habit if you're yeah, wondering the three questions that he asked it were what do you love what are you good at and what do you think the world needs so what do you love? Obviously, we love Jesus. That's a no-brainer, right? <laughs> At least I hope. <laughs> but if you love music, maybe get involved in your music ministry. I know my good friend Olivia loves music. She loves playing her viola. And now she regularly plays at the 9 o'clock and 11.30 masses. And she's amazing at it. And I then- feel like... Like if you have a common interest with somebody like um, space or something like that, that's another great starting point. Yeah. And then if you feel like, like what the world needs, if you feel like we need to serve the poor people in our local communities that don't have enough food, maybe, well, maybe do some kind of food ministry. I know that our parish, what we do we have this thing called Sandwich Saturday, which on the first Saturday of every month, we make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the hunger center in our diocese. So those are really great things to get up to do, to be a part of a community. Do you have anything else that you want to add, Tred? Uh, nope. That's, I think we've got most of it covered. Awesome. All right. Do you want to end this with a closing prayer? Yep, that I can do. All right, let's do that. Okay. And we'll pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for this episode that you've allowed us to record together. Thank you for gifting both of us with great communities and um, just for giving all of us the gift of community. Thank you for all the other gifts that you've given us, our talents, our various attributes, our personalities, and just everything you've given us, Lord. And I just ask that whatever your will is for this episode, that those who hear it may be empowered to either grow in the community that they're already in and to just dive further into that community life that you call us to. Or if they aren't into that, that they may be able to find the community that will foster 
them to be better and holier disciples, to better live out that Christian mission that you call us to do every day. Mm-hmm. And Lord, may you just give us the strength to be able to be patient and to be kind and to be open to friendships and to be able that you may bless those people listening with abundant friendships and abundant communities, Lord, that we may all work together as a body of Christ towards hopefully being in the kingdom of heaven with you, Lord. We pray all this through Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this new episode. Uh, Trev, thank you so much for joining me. This was so much fun. Yeah, for sure, Celie. Glad I could be on with you. So. Yeah, I'm really glad to. So just a quick word before we sign off. Um, I just will say that the next few episodes might come at really random times because I have two back-to-back conferences. One is the Steubenville Conference. And then the other one is LTLC or Life Team Leadership Conference in Kansas. So yeah, prayers would be greatly appreciated um, that I would be able to, you know, just be a great leader in the faith and as well as all the other people that will be joining me for the conferences. And yeah, so so the next few episodes might be a little sketchy in when they come out, but there will be more. Don't worry. There will be more. And I'm really excited to start back with trying to come up with new content. In the meantime, thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you guys have a great day. God bless, guys. Have a great day.